there's a balance between being boastful um, and and an overt bragger and self-promotion for the wrong reasons, right? And and we, I think we all know people that are, you know, the, the me, me, me people. And I think you have to, and so there's a fine line, right? Between being the me, 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 I'm so wonderful versus, hey, I I did a great thing. And I, and I'm, I'm confident in owning that. Welcome to Success Fundamentals, hosted by myself, Chris Sykes, and my co-host, Brian Gosek. We are on a mission to seek out some of the most successful people in our network that have been able to define what success means to them so you can draw the map of your own path and take your first steps. We hope you enjoyed today's episode to get one step closer to your success goals. Successors, welcome back to another edition of Success Fundamentals. We have a very, very special guest today with us. Her name is Victoria Meyer. She's amazing. She is the president and founder of Progressio Global, which helps chemical executives realize their strategic vision and create breakthrough results by closing the gap between strategy and execution. She also has the uh, one of the top podcasts out called the Chemical Podcast, the, the, the Chemical Show Podcast. So please, if you have any time, uh, go over there and, and check that out. Victoria, welcome. Thanks, Chris and Brian. I'm really glad to be here with you today. Happy to have Absolutely. you today. Happy to have you. So, Victoria, Chris and I have been having a discussion both privately and on the air about success, obviously, but also specifically regarding overcoming your personal demons. So our guest in our last show, Billy, was talking about defeating the beast that's within you that causes self-doubt. And Chris and I were often thinking about, basically, we, so many people strive for success. Almost every person strives for success, whatever that means in their own life. But not everybody achieves it. And we started thinking, what is it that prevents people from actually getting to the vision of success that they have in their own life? And we came down to the idea that we all have our own personal demons that we face, whether that is self-doubt, mm -hmm. certain vices. And uh, Chris, I mean, where do we basically leave off here? Like, where are we? Like, what do we have to figure out? Is what is what causes those things, because we know that everyone has them. Right. So um, and the people who achieve success, like Victoria, uh, is a, is the person who understands how to slay those demons to get there right because it's almost people talk about the fear of failure all the time but i think people battle with the fear of success and they don't feel deserving of it mm. right so then you start self-sabotaging right so you you know so victoria i'm very curious about yeah. your thoughts on this yeah absolutely and um and i've i've probably lived through the demons of self-sabotage as well as the the fear of failure and one of the things that strikes me about this first of all is it never really goes away, right? So if you think about mm -hmm. what courage is, courage is doing something in the face of fear. 100%. Um, and so I think there's this aspect of self-doubt and fear of failure that never goes away that you just keep pushing through and working through. Um, the other thing that I've, I've found, you know, for myself and I think with others that I've coached and worked with 
is this aspect of kind of getting past yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And getting past and and not necessarily worrying about the feedback that you're going to get and doing it anyway, right? And so, so there's a lot of benefit to feedback, positive and negative and and what have you, but you also have to be doing it for the right reasons and not so much worrying about what's the impact to me, but it's about what can I do for others, through others, and as a result, bring success for myself. Mm. Well, what, what, what do you think causes that? Be right, because I don't, you know, I know it's, it's everything because when you hear about, when you hear about like a, mastery of self and you know and things of that nature it's like that's that's tough it's very easy to get to know somebody else it's very hard to get to know yourself and actually like if you're the person to look in the mirror and actually admit some harsh truths to yourself people don't want to you know come to grips with that's who they are as a person right um you know and like you said they never go away and it's amazing that they never go away regardless of what you achieve because it's always this voice or this feeling you get like, man, I can't believe I'm here. So like what, where, one, where do you think that voice comes from? And two, how, what do you do to kind of slay the demon or at least keep it at bay at least? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, uh, you know, where does it come from? I think it's one is a bit of, of this whole egocentricness that sometimes happens with people. Um, today in our current world with social media, Right. Mm. I mean, their bikers are out there sitting behind their computers, their Twitter, their what, their phones, whatever. And so you, when you take a risk, you put yourself out there for criticism and it's sure. and it's hard to be criticized sure. at times. You have to have a lot of resilience. Right. And I think the resilience comes through um, having people around you that can actually help and coach and support you. That's one aspect. Mm. Um so that it's okay that, that you bounce when you fail, you just bounce and you go do something else. Um, Absolutely. You know, where does it come from? I I've actually been talking um, and I do some speaking and, and I've launched a course recently around negotiate your success. And it's really focused a bit more on women, right? So, so there's a lot of blockers and women in fact have been kind of told for years that they're not really good negotiators and they're afraid of negotiation and negotiation is mm. kind of a bad word. Um, and in some ways success is a bad word as well. And, and we can get to that later. Um, yes. but some of this is about upbringing in society, right? Mm. So play nice, don't brag. Um, nobody likes a bragger, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you should get along. And so when you are pushing forward and seeking success, you have to be a little bit selfish sometimes, right? Um, You might have to ask for what you want. You might have to tell somebody that you did something really awesome and amazing. Um, And you have to do it and hope that you don't get criticized and go past the fear of criticism. So it's, you know, so there's, there's a lot of nuances that go with this, I think. So let me ask you, Victoria and Chris, I want both your perspectives on this. Do you think that there's like one overarching demon that we all face that leads to other things or is it everyone's own personal battle? Like, for example, I I keep thinking to myself, you know, if you suffer from, laziness or sloth or being lethargic in in pursuit of your goals is that the demon or is the true demon self-doubt which then leads to laziness so on and so forth oh that's a good question 
Go ahead, Victoria. I think the demon's different for everyone, or it manifests differently for everyone. Um, some of it's lack of clarity mm. um, and lack of having a why. If your why is strong enough, you will do anything. Mm. Right. I um, I think about and I have uh, I have four daughters, so super mom. You know, I I can be mama bear, tiger mom. <laughs> I mean, when something's happening with them, I am on it. That why is big. Right. Um, do I always have a big enough why? Do people have a big enough why when it comes to personal success or career for success or financial success? Is their why big enough? Do they have that vision? Do they have that clarity of what they want? Hmm. I think to your, Brian, I think that, uh, I think laziness to be honest is a, is a human nature kind of thing too. It's overcoming it, right? Because the easiest thing to, you go, okay. So for example, whether you're starting a business, whether you're trying to get in shape, when, when you say that's why I don't, I don't like motivation because motivation is easily faded. For example, sure. you can watch a motivational video the night before, you know, to kind of get yourself pumped up to go to the gym tomorrow morning. And then that five o'clock a.m. alarm hits. And the easy thing to do is just to turn to hit the snooze button and lay in the bed. That's the easy part. Right. It is right. easy. Yeah, it's yes, very it easy. So I think that and that like just getting up is a is a win because how easy it is to hit the snooze button and go to sleep. So. And keep sleeping. But what 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 I mean, what, what I said all that to say, I think that you have to understand what human nature is, have an understanding of that, and then have then have things in your back pocket to defeat those things, right? Like Victoria said, your why has to be strong enough because I think everybody on this on on this in this conversation has had something come up in their life that regardless of what the circumstance was, you were determined to get it done regardless at the, yeah. the why at that point was strong enough for you to do whatever you needed to do to achieve the goal or to get the thing done. So I think, I think human nature, because you got to think about it, your brain is telling you that you need sleep. So snooze it and go back to sleep. Right. But your body may say, no, we can get up, but your brain doesn't, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a connection. Like it doesn't want right. you to get or, hurt. Or if you're like me, it's like we can get up and have a cup of coffee and read a book <laughs> yeah. instead of uh, going to the workout. But, you know, it's, 100%. A, it's a different story, so, right? It's it's that motivation. Well, so not even thinking. motivation. It's the why. Is the why and is the habit strong enough? 100%. So, Victoria, I'm going to ask you, and I hope I get this terminology right, but uh, yeah. I think it's a physics or chemistry term, that idea of entropy. Yeah. Basically that yeah. all things kind of like default into like the least amount of energy possible or default into chaos. The thing Absolutely. that I always wonder, so I'm thinking, so this is so good that we have a chemist on the show right now, Chris. 100%. Awesome. I'm, I'm, so let's be clear. I'm a chemical engineer. So um, chemistry was, I like it, but there was aspects of it that were not my strong suit. So I'll do my best. Well, well, chemical is somewhere in your title, and I don't know anything yeah. about. All right, so me neither. <laughs> so, so, so the thing that I always wonder, and this kind of echoes what Chris was saying, um, you know, is it always an emotional shortcoming of people that they are having a difficult time facing their demons, or is it just kind of the way it is? Is it just like an entropy thing that 
no, it's easier just to do nothing and kind of let your life default into chaos. And life is basically not accepting that and fighting against it. Yeah. I mean, I do think it's that. I think we are in, it's interesting. I think we are inherently lazy in a lot of ways um, because you don't have to, because change is hard. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Chris's example of getting out of bed to go, to go work out that requires change. That requires energy. Right. Um, and, and all the little microcosms of energy are, are really difficult. The other thing I think that's really interesting and, and there's been a lot of research in this is, um, the whole thing around decision fatigue. If you have to make a decision to do something at some point, you're just not going to make that decision. So that's where you create habits and create systems so that you don't have to decide. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I just take this podcast, for example, right, Absolutely, it's scheduled, it's on the schedule. I don't have to make a decision about when am I going to talk to you guys? The decision's already been made. I had no decision to make today. Um, I know what microphone I'm using. I know what headphones I'm using. I have no decisions to make. And so figuring out how you create systems, um, reduce the number of decisions you have to make and, and and do they have the habits set up and the pieces along the way that you need to do um, helps create that success, creates that momentum for success. Are you saying this well, because it requires less energy? Because the yes, decision it is, itself. It's about less energy. It takes less energy in the overall mm. universe, if we want to call it that. Yeah. 100%. I also think, too, Brian, that to piggyback off what Victoria was saying, Anything, whether it's massive success or just getting to the next level in something requires effort, right? It's not uncomfortable. Like if you'll, you will fail in your comfort zone, right? Everybody on this call has to do something that's uncomfortable to get to, know, to get into where they are today, right? And most people like to stay in a comfort zone. It's comfortable. They know what they're doing. It, it, you said this, you said this a few shows ago, Brian, you said that. Some maybe people don't want to achieve success because there's there's a tremendous amount of effort and uncomfortableness there that people aren't willing to put forth to become that. But then mm-hmm. the flip side to that coin is if you're not that person willing to do what's necessary or do what's uncomfortable, because we can there's a lot of even Victoria, I'm pretty sure that you love what you do. It's the reason why you're the founder of, of your own company. But I'm pretty sure there's a lot of nuanced things on your journey that you just don't like to do. Yes, Absolutely. you like right. You like the overarching goal of having of being a CEO or being a founder. But there's a lot of stuff creating a company that is like, oh, I hate this part of it, right? Um, Jeff Bezos said this. He said that you're never going to like 100 of, of, of what you do, right? He said as a CEO, he was before he stepped down. He said he was in court all the time. He hates mm-hmm. that part of it. He just wants to build right. the best company possible. But being the fact that he's a Fortune 500 CEO, he gets sued all the time, which requires him <laughs> to show up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So let me ask you this, Victoria. So then if if this whole idea of efficient use of energy, if, if we're onto something here with this, Tying it back into that point you made regarding the why, if energy is kind of like, you know, the fire within us, is your why kind of like throwing gasoline on that fire and igniting it? 
Is that a safe analogy to make? I, I yeah yeah I think we could use that analogy right I absolutely I mean it's it creates the momentum it's part of the it's a cat to use a chemical term it's the catalyst right yeah. it's the catalyst that sparks it that creates this movement and momentum um, and you have to have it you have to have a reason why you're doing something mm. and we have those um, we have those every day in our day-to-day life, there's reasons why we do something, but to go beyond and to be uncomfortable, your why has to be big enough to light that fire, to create that energy and get you moving. So Victoria, so someone who's achieved that, how do people, in terms of the why, right? I think think that in order to start a company, you have to have a big enough why to do that because starting a company is not an easy task at all, right? So how, how did you find the why to for regardless of how hard it was, you're, you were still willing to take that leap? I will tell you the why has been building for 25 years, hmm. right? So, so, um, so, you know, 20, early in my career, 20 years ago, 20 plus five years ago, I said, oh, I'm going to have my own company. Um, and at that point in time, I thought maybe it would be an engineering company or maybe a kind of more of a technical consulting company. Um, and you get caught in the trap of convenience, right? You get caught in these trappings of success within a corporate role. Mm-hmm. Um, and the why became for me, you know, it, is I really like um, – I really like helping businesses be successful. I like helping people be successful. Mm. I know that I have gifts and insights and um, frameworks and support and ideas that I can actually help people inside of these businesses lead their businesses to success. And so for part of me, that was it, right? That there was this, and then part of the why was maybe an avoidance why, like, I don't actually want to go back to a corporate job. I mean, when I started my uh, consulting <laughs> business, I had uh, I had recently left Clarient. Um, I'd spent you know my, a big part of my career at Shell, almost twenty years at Shell. Went to Clarient for a couple of years. Had left Clarient, was kicking the tires on a couple of corporate jobs. And I'm like, I don't want to do any of those things. I don't want to go live in that place that they've asked me to live. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to um, make the compromises that they're asking me to make. I want to live my life, my way for my family. Um, And that was maybe my why that maybe that was like one component of my why was just around what's the family and the lifestyle and expectation of that I have. Um, And then it was bigger and it was, I, I know that I have all of these great, amazing skills, ideas, insights that I can help more people and more companies as a consultant than inside that company. And, and that was part of it. And it's, and it's grown and I would say it's grown and it's morphed and it's adapted. Um, mm. I don't think why is as a constant. I think your why continually evolves. Now, Chris, this reminds me of something that, that you said, it was a quote from Michael Jordan. I think you said where at first, when you go out on any pursuit, you should start selfish and then yeah. one, can you can you repeat that quote for our listeners and for Victoria? One hundred percent. Michael Jordan said, 
when you're going after greatness or success, you have to be selfish because of what it requires and the energy it puts forth that you have to put forth in order to achieve it. And he said, once you achieve success, however you define that, then you can be unselfish. And then your job at that point is to help people build, to help them along that journey. Because, uh, because greatness, greatness, if you're, if that's what you're trying to achieve, and that could look different for every last one of us on this call or on this, in, on, in this conversation, but, Greatness, regardless, requires sacrifice, and that's mm-hmm. a selfish thing that you have to do in order to get to the goal. And that may be like me. I, I'm, I'm a football fanatic, so that may be me, you know, not going with my dad to watch the game or have a good time with him and his friends. Is maybe requiring me to get me you know have more knowledge on podcasting, how to become a great podcast host and have a better conversation. So even though I want to do that, I have to sacrifice my love of football to become better and great at what I'm doing here or in business. I may have to forfeit that to read more, right? Um, Yeah, I think that you have to be selfish because I I always tie it back to you can't help anybody unless you help yourself, period. And that lines up with what Victoria was saying. I'm sorry, go ahead, Victoria, please. No, you go. Uh Uh-huh. So Victoria was basically, she said at first, you know, you were working for Shell. Um, you were in a comfortable environment. Uh, you had this perception that you were successful, but within a corporate framework. And then they began to ask more and more of you. And then at some point you said, what do I actually want? What do I want my family's lifestyle to be like? All of those things on the surface, you know, it's about you. It's about your family. So Selfish has such a bad connotation, but I don't know what else to call it other than paying attention to your own wants. But you did it, and now you're at a point where all you're thinking about is your clients. You're thinking about other people. So it almost seems like if you want to get there, you have to be okay with being a bit selfish in the beginning to achieve your vision. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, I mean, I think we have to come, some of that comes down to personal motivations. Um, and and what's really important to you and you know i'll be really candid i i mean i'm for me a lot of it's about recognition it's always been about recognition i like being recognized i like i do a good job and i want people to know i do a good job and i'm and i succeed and i want people to recognize that and that was when i was in corporate roles um and the recognition comes in the form of thanks and in the form of promotions and the form of more money I like money. I am very money motivated. I will, you know, yeah, I'll own that. Um, And so part of my corporate success was around this personal drive for greater recognition, greater success in the corporate pyramid, um, Mm -hmm. greater money. Right. And, And that's all part of it. So I think that is selfish and and that's okay because in my selfishness, I helped companies and I helped people around me and I, you know, so you, you have to figure out what that nugget and kernel of motivation of selfish motivation is so that you can help more people can help your own company. Um, whether you're in a corporate environment today, it's, you know, helping other companies and other individuals and executives be successful. And in them being successful, I create more success for myself. Um, and so mm. figuring out where that you know, selfish motivation. And it's, it is selfish. It's egocentric, right? Um, But it, but it's about 
serving others as well um, and understanding that's where I get my motivations. Do you think this is just an idea and it could totally be a flop, but I'll throw it out there and get your, <laughs> get your thoughts on this. Do you think this, this idea that pursuing your own interests as selfish is tying this back into the theme of this episode, a demon in and of itself, it's an excuse. Some people will use it as a crux. Is that the word yeah. to not pursue their goals? Cause they go, yeah, I do want to be wealthy, but that's my selfish side. And selfishness is so cruel and inhumane that I'm, I'm just going to stay where I am because I wouldn't want to be one of these selfish people. And that's a demon. It's going to prevent you from actually achieving what you really, really, really want. Yeah. You, and it ties back to the laziness, I hate to say, right? I mean, I think we can find a lot of excuses, <clears throat> right? 100%. Um, and, and, that's, and that's the reality. And, um, and it's figuring out, can you move past those excuses? You know, Victoria, I, I I don't have I don't have any issue with with, with with what you said because if you actually think very deeply on this, so okay, so for example, you said that, and and also to be as candid, that's one of the reasons why Brian and I started this show. We want our guests to be as candid as possible because that's how we are as people, anyways. But what you said was very profound to me. You said that you know you wanted to be recognize i don't care what nobody says i think if anybody does a good job that's what they want period i don't care because eventually if you can like imagine if you did such a good job and nobody ever says oh my god brian you did a great job victoria you did a fantastic job right but it's like that's the horrible reason why, it's hard you feel you're like why am i even doing this i want somebody <laughs> to recognize that i'm doing something good right money right is a great thing too because then you can afford the lifestyle you actually want but you're Amen. doing it because you're adding mm-hmm. value to somebody else. That's perfectly fine. Three, look at all of the big time companies right now, right? They're, they have, or the CEOs of these companies, or the founders of, of, of these companies. You think Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs didn't want recognition that they do the thing better than anybody else? That's, yeah, but they're adding value. Jeff Bezos added convenience to people. Yeah. You know, Steve Jobs added, you know, have these, these quality products that, that help people enhance their lives. Right. Imagine if nobody knew what Apple was, but we, they did a great job, but they didn't market themselves out there. There's a reason why you market. You want to market and tell people that you're the you're the company to come to. It does a great and job. That does a great job. And then within that, people see enough value in you to patron you to, to patronize you. And then. Which equates to money. So I think that. Like if I think if you're doing a great job at something and you do it very, very well, it's okay to get paid for it and to get recognized for it. That's the whole point. Yeah. Am I am I? But again, who who am I? Yeah. Well, and I think that there is a balance, right? And I think this is where sometimes there's a balance between being boastful um and and an overt bragger and self promotion. Absolutely. For the wrong reasons, right? And yeah. and we, I think we all know people that are, you know, the, the me, me, me people. And I think you have to – and so there's a fine line, right, between being the me, 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 I'm so wonderful versus, hey, I I did a great thing. And, I, 100%. and I'm, I'm confident in owning that. So I think um, – And I think that's where some of these, you know, if we get to demons, right, again, uh, back where we start on the theme of this, that's where some of this comes from as well. Um, And and I think it ties in is 
is the critique, right? And the demons and who owns their success and, and not being afraid to own your success, right? None of us, nobody should be afraid to own their success, no matter what it is that they're doing, right? People do, everybody does something really well. They're really proud of something that they've contributed, that they've built, that they've done. Be proud, right? Be confident in, in saying, hey, I did a really great job planting that tree. Yeah, thanks. I, I needed somebody to plant that tree. 100%. Hey, Brian, I, I, I want to ask you, one, one, both of you, because I'm very curious yeah. on your thoughts on this. Can a demon be optimism? Here's why I say that. Here's why I say that. Here's why I say that. Okay. Right. So, I was and Brian, we I've been talking to you privately about this for the past three days. So, the author of uh, Power and that, for the Forty Eight Laws of Power, Robert Greene, he was explaining how optimism could be a form, could be a uh, a downfall to people. How he explained it was, he said, anytime you start out on, on a, and I'm very curious for, yeah, I'm very curious here, both of you, because you, you, Brian, you, we have a successful practice. Victoria, you have a, 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 a successful business and podcast. So he says that when you start out on any journey, like he said, so the, the, the example he used was a person who writes a movie script. He said, the when you write the movie script, you already have it in your mind that people love the movie. Right. So you're you're writing it and you're like and you as opposed to criticizing yourself for letting other people see it to give you criticism. You're like, oh, this is the best movie script I've ever written in my life. And I know that when I submit it, it's going to just get in and take off. But then he said, but people are cold and indifferent. And so he mm -hmm. says, so as opposed to saying as opposed to starting out with such optimism, which I think everybody can fall victim to. You have to really strategize and have people around you, people in place to tell you, well, no, that's not good. But sometimes the optimism voice in your head deflects the criticism and you're doing anything and then you submit it and then it flops. And then now you're like crushed. So can optimism to an extent be a demon as well? Hmm. I think it's it's interesting. So I do I work with a lot of companies that are executing growth strategies. Um, implementing new services or products into the market or just trying to ap approach the, their markets and their customers differently. And to me, this is really around, do you have um, customer focus, right? So, mm. and, and customer can be defined broadly, um, you know, in the context of what we're talking about in the context of my customers, they're serving other chemical companies or consumer products companies or, you know, people making stuff, right? Mm. Um, and if you don't actually understand how what somebody really needs and how they view your product, how they view your business, how they view you, um, one, you don't get the value out of it um, because mm -hmm. you're not – it may be actually be greater than you think it is or it maybe has a different use than you think it has. Um, and if you never get that feedback and go out and say, well, who am I doing this for? If, if you're just making soda for yourself and your own family and, you know, to use Brian's example, it doesn't matter if anybody else likes it. But if you're trying to take it to the market, if you're trying to take it to customers and other people, mm -hmm. you have to go and seek those opinions um, and, and, and get an external point of view and not be so self-centered and really open yourself up to that feedback. But again, feedback is hard. 
So <laughs> yeah. it, it's, it can be really hard when you fall in love with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then somebody says, well, you shouldn't love it so much. Um, <laughs> that's really hard. It's, it's hard. So it's, it's part of the courage. It's part of resilience. Um, but you need to work through that um, to create that success. 100%. Um, Victoria, I, I want to, okay. So with that being said, how do you, how do you get honest feedback? Right. Like how, like, how do you like, so, cause like to use Brian's example, if, if you're, if you say, okay, I don't want to be overly optimistic, overly optimistic because I made the soda, but I want to make sure that I'm going in the right direction. And you want honest feedback because some people don't like hurting people's feelings. Mm, Right. So, right. So it's like, they may think it's terrible, but they're going to like, Oh man, this is great. And then, but then they would never they buy spit it. it out. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, Oh God, this is, he doesn't ever need to, you know, make this. but so how do you go about getting honest feedback from people, whether you're making a soda, whether you're growing a podcast, whether you're growing a business to see if you, even if your business idea is good, because that that's a, that's a balance too, because the reason why I say that is because when you tell somebody your dream or what you're like, listen, I really have a passion or really have an interest in this. People can doubt you looking through their lens. So if they think yeah. that they're, if, for example, if they're not an entrepreneur, they'll say, yeah. Victoria, like, why, why, why would you want to do that? Like you have a great job at Shell and you've been there, you've raised the ranks. Why would you want to go out and start your own? But they're looking at it through their lens because they would never do that. So how would you question? Good question. How do you go about getting honest? That is. Oh, that's so good. I mean, you you have to find people you really trust. Um, And I think you one of the challenges is you have to get feedback, as you say, from people that have already been there, that experienced it. Right. I mean, so I've gotten bad feedback and I've taken some of it. Um, And that creates that self doubt and it's the demon like, Oh, maybe I really don't know what I'm doing. And then, but you have to find, see, I, so for me as an, as an entrepreneur, as a consultant, as a podcaster, I have found, I've created for me um, a community that mm. of like-minded people, people that are doing similar things. And to be fair, I, I love my colleagues, my former colleagues at Shell, at Clarion. Um, but most of them can't relate to what I'm doing. So asking them for specific business advice mm. is only worth so much. Asking them how to do something amazing inside of a corporate environment, rock on. But 100%. I, um, but, but they cannot necessarily advise me as a small business owner of the founder of my own company. If they're like, I don't know how you did that. I'm like, I don't know. I just did it. Right. <laughs> yeah. you, you decide the, the why and the reasons are beyond. So I've actually, um, I've been able to build around me a community of other consultants, of other small business owners that are doing professional services in a similar way. Um, and so it's finding the people that you trust that have done it. Sometimes you have to pay people, right? I'm, I'm part of some coaching groups that 
I got involved with um, because they're also consulting and doing other things. And we can have peer-to-peer coaching and I've got experts that have can provide me advice. So I think, so, you know, you have to get advice from the right people. I'm not going to ask the janitor how to create a strategy. The janitor doesn't really know. I'm going to ask a strategy person how to create a strategy. Um, I'm going to ask mm. the janitor, how do I get this stain out of my carpet? Right. I mean, right. It, 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 I don't mean to be dismissive of anyone because I feel like everyone has their areas of expertise, but you've of got course. to find experts um, and people that are really using stuff, you know, if I, to get the feedback from. Get feedback from people that have walked these paths already that are doing similar things. Don't get feedback from novices or people who have no insights in your business whatsoever. So is it fair to say asking people who have nothing to lose giving you real advice? So, for example, somebody who has a successful business who's not threatened by your success, somebody who has a a successful established podcast who's not threatened that you're up and coming and say, Hey, Victoria, you know, Brian and I are trying to do this. Can you listen to this episode and give us your feedback? You're like, Oh, of course, but you have nothing. You don't you have a successful podcast yourself. So you're not really worried about, you know, us overtaking your spot. So, you know, so to say, so you can, you can give us honest and real feedback. You're in our field. You're doing your, your success for yourself. So when we ask you for feedback, you're not speaking, you're not giving it to us from a place of malice. I would say. Correct. So it's, it's from a place of expertise or similarity exactly. and yeah. and not a place of malice, right? Because I'd like to believe most people aren't malicious, but, you know, there's always the nuggets that come through. For sure. Or not even maliciousness, but just competitiveness. <laughs> and therefore, yes, they're not telling- that's a better word probably. Yeah, that's a better word for sure. Yeah. You know, and they're not, they're not telling you the secret sauce, right? There was an old martial arts thing that they said, I'm trying to remember, it was an analogy. He said there was a martial arts master talking to his student and he said, I'm gonna teach you every move I know except one. And the student said, why are you gonna teach me every move except one? He said, because there might be a day where I need to use that move on you. And Mm. I said, ooh. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, ooh, I don't like that, but you know. So I think there's some people out there that will teach you like two moves, but keep 98 moves to themselves. So. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think you have to yeah. remind yourself, I mean, the market is big enough, right? There's yeah. opportunity for many people, many businesses. They're, you know, grow the pie, don't shrink the pie, create those opportunities. But um, it's hard, right? So it's kind of, you know, do you have a growth mindset? Do you see that there's more? Or do you think that you're living in a fixed pie, a fixed pie world, right? And if you believe it's fixed, it's hard to be supportive. Oh, you're competing. Uh, but sure. if you believe yeah, there's yeah. growth, it's easier to grow. Great point. You, you know, as Victoria, I, I was just thinking about that. I think you have to understand people's view of success. I think people have two views of success, right? The first view is if you're successful, then that means I can't be successful because they look at it as a zero sum game. Since you're there, then I can't get there. And then you have some people who look at it as, Oh, if Victoria did it, that means I can do it too. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you're more, that's more of a person who who can collaborate with you and, and, or ask you questions like, Hey, I know that you've done X, Y, and Z. You've, you've, going down this path so can you help me out and some people just hate that you're at the top 
or you're doing so well because they think that since you're there that they can't get there for some whatever like reason. Yeah. And I think it's, I I think so. And I think, you know, one of the things I've observed and you guys, I'm sure as well is people are just people, right? I think we sometimes put people on a pedestal and leaders that are really successful and really um, in, uh, in the public eye as being like having these superpowers, they're still a person. They still have strengths and weaknesses and, you know, they, sleep and they get out of bed and they do all the similar things that you do. And so, um, you know, not being afraid of that fact of, of asking successful people for support. And I think by the same token, I think most successful people are happy to help. Right. I believe that. I think, I think success begets success, whether it's for yourself, but if you can help more people become successful, so much the better. 100%. So, Chris, I think we got to ask those two super questions before oh, we let Victoria go. <laughs> For sure. You ready? So we ask this to every single one of our guests. Mm. Um, we leave it intentionally vague in order to inspire thoughts. So the first question, Victoria, is <laughs> what is your overall perception of money? And the second question is what role does power play? in your view of success? Wow, okay. Um, So my overall view of money, um, I've already told you I really like money. Um, And I I like money uh, for what it can do. So I, um, I think money is, it's a metric, right? And to a certain degree, but I also think it provides opportunity. Um, and, um, you know, opportunity, right? So I think, God, this is, I'm, I think I'm really sucking at this answer, by the way. That's what I think. Nobody um, answers this well. So it's, <laughs> it's a hard one. You know, one, I think, you know, we have measurements and money is a measure. I, I think it creates opportunity, right? And I, I, I just think about myself and my upbringing and, you know, I come from a, my parents worked hard. Um, so, you know, my parents both came from my dad, especially from what I would call a working class family. They wanted to get to the next level of success. Um, I think, you know, the money habits and the views of money that they brought in was that, um, was actually positive, right? So not that money was limitless. You had to work for your money. You had to make good choices with money, um, but that it creates opportunity when you do it. And, and money is a measure of success in my world um, for me personally. And then you continue growing. I, I view money as something that um, I can do a lot with. I can do with for my family. Um, and, you know, we have... I have personal goals uh, about what that looks like in terms of having certain wealth levels and what that means for travel and um, for future generations of my family. And and my husband and I have goals around this that are really around um, wealth generation for our children and their children. Um, And boy, that's not something I grew up with, that point of view. It's something I've come to. I am really fortunate to be surrounded by some people that have, we have some shared values and views on that, that we keep building each other up and supporting success and creating ideas. And so, um, 
yeah, I don't know. That's my money answer. I like it. <laughs> I don't that even know where to go with it. But. I was, I like it. I like it. Well articulated and, and truthful. So thank you. But yeah. now the hard one, now the hard one, power. Power. So uh, yeah, power, power. Well, I like my electricity to power my world. How about that? Let's start with that. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Um, Enough said. You know, power and influence, right? So I, uh, I remember when I was in business school doing a, I did a power and politics class and had to write up, you know, do some studies and papers on power and influence. And um, I think we all have power. Here's that, that's my, you know, some of us have greater levels of power than others. We have powers within different spheres of influence. So I think power is related to your spheres of influence, right? So um, Elon Musk has a completely different sphere of influence. He holds a lot of power in his sphere of influence. Um, I hold power in my sphere of influence. You guys hold power in your spheres of influence. To me, the key is using it wisely, right? So using it to uh, help make the world a better place. That sounds kind of namby-pamby, but I think that that means different things to different people. Um, I felt like when I was in a corporate world, I could use my personal power um, and the power that I had from roles um, to influence decisions that affected the company, that affected people in the mm -hmm. company, and I always tried to do it in a positive way. Um, the power that I have now with my family with my clients, with people through my podcast, with my friends. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's multiple power spheres and I choose to use that. I think, I think everybody uses their power consciously or unconsciously. Mm -hmm. um, I try to be conscious about the power that I use to continue to grow and elevate and do the right things. Mm -hmm. Um, for the people around me. I love it. I love it. Beautiful. So Thank Victoria, you. this was an amazing conversation, but we cannot you. let you get out of here without telling people about your business and your podcast. Where yeah. Can we, yeah. So you have to tell us about that. I will do that. Um, so I um, am the president and founder of Progressio Global. So it's a boutique consulting and coaching uh, firm that really focuses on helping executives and businesses in the chemical industry um, create breakthrough results. Um, and I focus on working at the intersection of strategy, marketing, and leadership. Um, and so it's great. We're about four years old now, which is amazing, and have the opportunity. I, I'm delighted every day to have the opportunity to work with really great people and really great companies. Um, the other passion for me is really um, coaching and developing people. And I've always done this and I do this also through, through my consulting company. I speak, um, uh, one of my key topics is negotiate your success. Um, which is really around finding, you know, identifying the blockers, identifying the paths, um, and finding ways to, to take that power back to the power world word, um, <laughs> and influence and identify your success and own it and negotiate it and go for what you want. Um, and, uh, and, and so it's, it's great. And in fact, I'd be delighted to have, um, 
you guys, I've got a download that I've got available, a workshop, a workbook rather on um, negotiate your success that I can include it in, in my URL um, that you guys can share with your listeners. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Send us everything so we we can put it we can I put will. it in the, in the show notes for sure. And, and where can people find your podcast? So my podcast is called the Chemical Show Podcast, um, and it's available on uh, all the major podcast players, something like thirteen podcast players, and also on YouTube. And um, it is not really about chemicals. Um, so that don't let that dissuade you if you don't think you understand what chemicals are. My podcast is um, about the business of chemicals. So I interview business leaders mm. every week about what's going on in business and leadership and some of the key trends that are influencing our world about sustainability, which is a really big, important topic, digitization, leadership, and more. So um, the Chemical Show podcast, uh, it's it's great. <laughs> I think it's great. And I, you know, I'm getting good feedback and I'm loving it. And, uh, and it's been great fun. I love that. I love that. Well, one of, one of the things about the, about the podcasting world that Brian and I love is we get to meet extraordinary people like yourself and we're learning ourselves, right. In terms of, yeah. you know, we sit down with these extraordinary, it gives us an excuse to talk to extraordinary people and learn yes. from them, right. And have great conversations like this one. Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. Is what I think is one of the best networking, but also best learning tools just to sit down and talk to people and just get their view of how they got to where they are and then teach our audience because we want to be educators to our audience. So when they tap into whether it's your show or our show, they can walk away with like, oh, I didn't even think about it like that, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, so I really do appreciate your time. Brian, please take us home. All right, everybody. I had so much fun hanging out with you today, Victoria and Chris. Successors, this concludes another episode of Success Fundamentals. We're going to see you all next week. Thank you again, Victoria, for joining us. Absolutely. This concludes another episode of Success Fundamentals. We hope you found today's discussion useful to your life in some way. Please remember to like, comment, and subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. 